The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Yeah, there's no music. We need some music. We need yeah. some music. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi, Danielle. <laughs> How are you? Talk scary to me Tuesday. Oh, I love Tuesdays because of this podcast. I yes. love it. I love it. I love it. Sometimes it comes out on Wednesday, but hopefully it'll just be Tuesday now. <laughs> so if it's Wednesday, I hope your day is It's yesterday. because a uh, scout and Danielle or don't understand technology. I guess no. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, Miss Kentucky over there, and I'm out in the sticks in Austin right now. Um, oh, crazy. The, the so the funniest thing. There's a bird that keeps flying into my laundry window, the laundry room window. It's there's a tree right outside the window, and there it's like every it's the same bird, it's a red bird, and it's like every two minutes you hear think, and then it goes back to the tree and it like shakes it off and then think back into the window. <laughs> like it honestly has been going on for the last hour. So if you hear me laughing, it'll be the the thinking of uh, the red bird. That's not so okay, smart. Okay. So, so my mind goes to two things, um, my oh, spiritual God. side and then my dark side. Oh God. So I was like, Hmm. Okay. So have you had someone pass recently or is there, you know, like be, uh, oh, birds represent, you know? Yeah. Like I was yeah. like, maybe, okay. maybe somebody, you know, like oh. coming back to you, visiting you or something in a sense. Okay. And then my mind also went to, well, maybe you fucking tore down their tree to build your uh, house that they were used to. That was right there. No, I didn't build it. I just bought it. <laughs> okay. So, so that was like, that was like two, two things. I was like, huh. But you would think after the first time it would. Know. Yeah. Like well, how, there's how a window smart, there. How smart are I mean, they call it bird brain for a reason, right? Yeah, right. I mean, maybe they're not so smart. Oh, oh my God. Guy. So you're in Kentucky still. I'm in Kentucky and I'm never gonna leave. I'm <laughs> never gonna leave. Yeah. yeah. So my guys, I'm still doing this movie. Because <laughs> everybody I'm having... keeps getting COVID. Yeah. So we've been shut down twice because of COVID. Um, the first time was, was you know, I honestly, I've been working all of COVID and I haven't had a scare at all. So I was very, very shocked about it. And then I was like, okay, all right, we can recover from this. And then 30% of our crew got COVID. This, this so, new little strain is super contagious. Oh yeah. It is, oh, yeah. No, it is no joke. It is morphed oh, yeah. into a monster. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's a warning I'm saying out to all y'all still yeah. like be cautious of it because it's it's still there it's still it's here shitty. and it's shitty it's more than a yeah. cold guys it's fucking shitty trust me but, you know the the disheartening thing for me is like productions they 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 take a massive hit because of covid i just don't i don't know if any of you guys realize out there um for covid testing covid protocols whatever the budget of COVID that needs to be added onto sets now. Oh yeah. That's like fucking another couple hundred or or more. Yeah. Yeah. I would say another hundred 
at least another hundred thousand dollars for a three week shoot, essentially. Yeah. Um, and and any of those filmmakers that are listening to our podcast that do like the indies and all that kind of stuff, that shit is like now becoming like smaller and smaller and smaller because budgets can't even like handle yeah. you know the the COVID and and even the possibility of COVID happening. Yeah. I mean, look, so you're shut down now for the second time, but all of the crew, all of the cast, everybody still has to get paid for that time that they're not working and they have to quarantine. The locations still have to be rebooked. I mean, everybody's just sitting around getting paid and and hoping, and that has to come from the, that's got to come from the production's budget. I know. You know, know. and it's like, you only start with a certain amount of money. You can't really go back and be like, hey, investors, you know, these are little movies. I know. And I feel so bad. I re- I really do. But Damien and uh, his wife, Natalie, who is one of the producers on this, Damien's the director. They are amazing human beings and they are in such good spirits. Like I can't even tell them. I, I can't even tell from their, their expression or, or their energy around set that anything went wrong. Good. They're just like, fuck it. We know what you just move on. You yeah, just figure it out and you move on attitude. and it's all good. Yeah. What can you just, just, what can you do? You know, I mean, you kind of just have I to think, roll with the punches. Yeah. I think Damien said that a lot. He's like, what can I do? I can't do anything. I can't change anything. So might as well get used to it and get comfy and, you know, ride the roller coaster as long right. as we're fucking Too bad here. you're not in Hawaii. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I keep on. I feel like I joke about this on every set that I'm on. And I'm like, well, next time, should we go to Hawaii or Bali? Uh, yes, yes. But yes. I say this all the time and it I never know. fucking clicks to anyone. No, because it's so expensive to go to. Everything is like, it's the most expensive state in the United States. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking Hawaii is a fortune. So they don't want to pay for that. They're like, nope, no, you're going to be in Kentucky. Yeah, you're going to be in Kentucky. And pl- well, it's actually kind of nice because a lot of the crew I know from a past movie that I did in Kentucky. Oh, good. So it's kind of cool, you know, to, to see. But um, it, it, people, this industry, these smaller towns, Kentucky and all this stuff, like actually my girlfriend, Veronica, um, who produced me in three movies that I've done, she's coming here and bringing like a Bella Thorne movie. And so they were already scheduled. So they're taking some of our crew. Like, it's just like, it's just, and it's not easy to find crew here. Like even to go to Nashville and be like, Hey guys, there's just so lack of crew everywhere in the surrounding area. So if you guys are crew members or something out there and you guys are like, where's work, uh, go to Louisville, go to Nashville, go to like, this is where it's happening. They are like need crew desperately. Are you ready to, are you ready to move to Nashville? Are you ready to go back home? You don't know yet. I mean, has it, has it like, has it like tainted your, like, I'm going to live in the South kind of vibe? You know, kind of a little bit, like a feel. little yeah. for sure. Um, but it's less expensive, you know, yeah. out here. That's it's the only quality thing. of life, man. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I did take a couple of my my co-stars and my um my hair stylist out to Nashville while we had fucking a week off. And we went to Broadway in Nashville. Have mm-hmm. you been to Bro- Have you yeah. been to Broadway recently? Yeah, I mean, but- I haven't been since we went. We did that convention a couple of years ago. That's the last time I was in Nashville. So like okay. three years ago. Okay, it's changed since the last time we went there. 
and you thought that was a lot of people, oh. there is like 10 times. It looks like oh. a fucking like music festival. Oh God. Okay. It's Everybody's insane. just getting out of wherever they are and going. Yes. So that's kind of like taking out the yeah. magic that I remember Nashville being, especially when I was filming the TV show Nashville. That, right. I mean, that was like, so, I, and I, I asked like a lot of the locals, you know, and it's like pros and cons to people coming there and not coming there. Yeah. I, you know, I want to get out of LA because it's so fast and loud. But I mean, you can get, but you can get out. Like I live totally. 35 minutes outside of downtown Austin, but I'm literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But it's still, you know, there's like deer all over my yard. You know, it's yeah. so quiet. My kids are so fucking loud here. I'm like embarrassed that like the littlest noise, I'm like, shh, quiet. It's so quiet. Oh, really? Like everyone, oh yeah. And the cicadas are like screaming. I mean, it's just so like country. Um, How are you yeah, liking it? You know, I'm super chill here. Cool. I guess because there's like nowhere to go. Like I made, <laughs> I've made like dinner every night. It's hot fuck too. It's hot, 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 hot here. So, yeah. um, so I mean, I've just been like putting shit away in my house and stuff, but it's really like, I've been having like solid sleep, like solid eight hours of sleep, not waking up. The kids haven't gotten up to get out of bed. I haven't had any nightmares. Like, right. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been, I don't And I don't even have blinds on my windows. Like it's so bright in my house and I still feel like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm from New York, you know, like I'm like, yeah. go, 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 yeah. go. And even at home, like I can't fucking sit still. And then finally I'm like, okay, I understand. Like I, I actually have had a glass of wine every night with dinner. Wow. I've made like, I made like Kobe beef last night. I had a glass of rose. Like look at you housewife. Hell, you know, I don't, Oh, someone's outside my house. I have no fucking idea who that is. What? Yeah, well, they're like, because we we just moved into the into the community, so like yesterday with like pest control, and then now there's okay. like two people and like probably trying to like another pest control or another like I don't who the fuck know you know I, I don't know. know. I went to like D Wallace and ET and go oh. two people outside and then it's like a fucking alien invasion. <laughs> I'm imagining a lot of shit. No, today. I mean, I'm wondering like if there are, if I'm going to vibe more like of that stuff out here, because this is probably yeah. where they would come, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, oh well, my I'm God. I'm so happy for you. I, so I can't crazy. wait to see it. I, I can't wait it. till you come here. Yeah. How are the when boys are liking it? Visit? Well, they're stuck inside right now. So, um, you know, we don't have a pool or anything. So there's a pool in the community, but I have to drive there. So it's a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, my neighbors are super nice. Um, I've met one, the one on one side, uh, they've got three French bulldogs. So like, as soon as they come out, like the, of course, Carter's like, I can I go play with them? Can I go play with them? I'm like, can you get Aww. out of my neighbor's fucking yard? They don't even know you and you will not leave our neighbors alone. Of course she was yesterday. She was like, so do they, do they go to school? I was like, yes, <laughs> they're going to go to school. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hilarious. You know, Carter's up at like seven in the morning. Can I go play with the dogs? I'm like, you can't just go to the neighbor's house, dude. Like it doesn't, yeah. people work from home. It's not like we're not on vacation. Yeah. So just trying yeah. to kind of get them used to it. So they're a little bit stir crazy and there's a lot of like moving parts right now, but I think overall, like they're good. And I was thinking like, okay, if I just lived here and this was all I did, 
like my work was out of my house. And like, if I didn't travel as much as I do, I probably would be a little bit lonely here until I got some friends. Yeah. But because we're gone so much, like I get to talk to you once a week for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I get to talk to my, you know, the times I'll Zoom with my friends and we're traveling, meeting fans and like working. And there's always yeah. so many people around that I think coming back here after I have those weekends is going to be what I need to sort of like reset. Cause going home, yeah. I always felt like I never stopped because there was always so much to do and it had to get done. But here, like everything's organized, everything's put away. Like it's a new house. So I don't have to like scrub down all, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just feels like, okay, it's, it's just like, I can breathe again. It's very strange. And it's weird having my furniture here. I know that sounds weird, but like, because when I moved into my last house, we, we bought most new stuff because it was like just a bigger house and different style. So I got a lot of new stuff. So I took that new stuff that I'd only seen in that house and built it, and built it in this house. Yeah. And so it's like, so it, so it's like, okay, it feels like home. Mm-hmm. but it's a new home, but it still feels like my home. Isn't that, I don't okay, know how that's to ex- nice. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm not, I have like all my stuff. So it feels secure and safe. Yeah. But I'm in a different environment outside. Is so, is, is all of your stuff working or, or. Oh my I'm, God. It works better here than in my other yay. house. Oh, yeah. that's great. Are you going to yeah. paint? Are you going to do no. all that kind of stuff? Wallpapery and stuff? You know, now that I'm in, I'm going to probably do something in the studio here. They keep coming to the yeah. front door. I have no idea who this, who's, they're wearing blue shirts. I know. Is it, is it, is, are there Mormons? What Are there Mormons in Austin? What's going on here? They're not on bikes. I don't know what's happening. Um, they're like checking stuff out. I don't know. Maybe uh, David's out I'm, there with them. I hope so. I'm waiting for a washer and dryer, which I can't wait to get a washer and dryer. That's like piles of fucking clothes everywhere. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so going back to what you said with the boys, you know, going after the neighbor's dog, maybe that's a Christmas present. Oh, I told the them they, can, they cannot get a dog until I stop having to wipe their ass. What? Really? Why? Yes. why? Oh, so they can take care. Okay. Well, I just don't want to have to pick up dog shit and wipe my kids' asses. Do you know that it's all day long? It's mom, wipe my butt, mom, wipe my butt, mom, wipe my butt, like all fucking day long. <laughs> so, and I then didn't really I believe in. you until I like, I was on FaceTime with you and literally yeah. Carter was bent over. Bent but over. Mom. They, they go to the bathroom and then they touch their toes and I walk in to the bathroom with a butthole. And I have well, to it's wipe really the good that you're working on their flexibility. Oh my god! And making sure that the boys touch their toe. I you, you know how I couldn't even touch my toes at like nine. I was like, how do I touch my toes? Oh ho! I bet you can touch your toes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I now it's like full full <laughs> hand plants on the floor. Okay, come on, lady. I, mean, I don't think you know my boys. I, mean? will, I don't think my boys will be touching their toes and bending over, but no. it's possible. And if they <laughs> if knows? they need to and they're going to, then then they're very flexible. So it is what it is. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, oh, that's so, funny. Yeah. So let let me see. So should we do speaking? Should we segue into some? Uh, should I talk sex to you, Scout? Or do you love? Mind? Or do you mind if I actually mind? because all of you guys were so interested? in the brown hotel we yes. actually got a few emails apparently it's a thing and um just an update i am out of the brown 
I'm literally, I, 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 I ran my, my co-star, um, Chrissy Metz, you guys would know her from this is us. Um, she was actually the one who made the call. Um, so she moved from there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was she having crazy shit happen in her room too? No, she wasn't having anything, anything weird, but she was just getting a weird, strange vibe from the Mm -hmm. hotel in general. And once I told her story, she was like, nope, okay, we're going, we're out, let's go, pack up your bags, we're out, you know? So Tom had uh, had come into town to stay with me, and I have been in the same bed with this man for the past two and a half years, so I know how he sleeps, and Tom sleeps on his back very restfully through the night. I'm the one that tosses and turns. He's in like um, coffin pose or corpse pose. Like, or like literally, I don't know how someone can sit like this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm demonstrating, by the way. I just I, like, I, a, like, like a dead person. Literally. I, I mean, it's apparently it's supposed to be really good for you and it's good for your wrinkles. And oh, yes. I see my face like smushed into the yeah. pillow. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why is this side just like, <laughs> why is this side just Why do you have palsy? What's going on over here? Yeah, like what's happening? Um, anyways, so the, the three or four nights that Tom was staying, he was just constantly fidgety and moving and couldn't get any rest, kind of like my three, five days that I was in the Brown in the beginning. And then he was talking, like yelling in his sleep, random things. And this happened twice. And Tom has never done that in, in his, in his, like, as long as I've known him and I, and I asked him and he's like, never experienced something like that. And he was yelling like violent things. Like he was dreaming of like biting people, like protecting me, like shit like that like weird, weird stuff. And he was shouting that sort of stuff. And I literally said to him, I was like, wow, you need to like leave here to get some rest. And I do too. Oh my God. And the night that he was going to leave that morning, he had to get up at 4am because his fucking flight was at six o'clock. Um, the TV went on and it made like a loud boom, like super loud oh, like, yeah. sound at 3am in the fucking morning. And it was like poltergeist, like I li- like bright white, and we were just like, oh my god, I'd be out. It was like out. in a Goodbye. movie. <laughs> it was in a movie. Like Tom and I both were like, huh? oh, what god. is happening? And I just was like, don't, don't, just don't think about it. Don't acknowledge it. Just turn it off. Don't acknowledge it. Like I just don't. And then he left. He kissed me goodbye. He left, and I was sleeping. And then the fucking bathroom light goes on, and and. I don't remember the the switches making noises when they go on, but oh. like all the sounds were like, like the, the bathroom light sounded like this. Like it was like someone just like. You could heard the, the flicking of a switch. Heard oh it. yeah, like, no. I was in a fucking movie. I heard yeah, it, no. like the sound effects in a movie. I'm like, what is happening? Did you get up to see if the switch had actually been turned on, like up? Yeah. Well, I got up to turn it off because I can't sleep with like light. And also too, why the fuck did it just go oh, yeah, on? No, so no. I got up and as I was about to turn it off, it, it turned off. The switch didn't move. So I didn't physically see the switch move and it was still to the on, like on that it was on, but it was off. Fuck that. <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. 
and like you guys have heard, like I, 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 you know, I felt a present. She was bothering me for three to four days. I didn't I love go- how you call her. She, did you have, did you name her too? No, but I just, well, I, just I think why I woman. called her she, because there was a fucking painting of a woman oh. that looked at me the entire time. <laughs> She's like a redhead. And I was like, okay. Oh, so- those fucking crazy redheads. That's <laughs> what it fucking is. Redheads. Seriously. Redheads. They wild. They wild. Yeah, they crazy. But I didn't feel like threatened or anything. I just felt like she wanted she wanted me to be up. Like she just wanted me just didn't want Maybe to be Maybe she alone. was just lonely. Yeah. I think so. But it was just weird that it was happening at 3 a.m. And then, you know, I was talking to the producers about it and everybody was super interested in about it. And and Chrissy, when I told her about it, she was like, girl, you gotta get out of there. I want out of there. So we we made the call to switch hotels. Um, Have you Googled it and looked up? Like I don't. Okay. Actually, you know what? I will while you're reading one of the questions. But um, so, so Daniel wrote us and literally in his subject, it was called the Brown Hotel, <laughs> which sounds like they should make a movie about this. So you know, Scout and Danielle as an audio video engineer who works conferences in Kentucky. I'm very familiar with the Brown Hotel. I asked my oldest child, who is a witch, <laughs> what they would um, what they would if they had a restless spirit in their room, and they said that the basic lighting candles and incense typically work. Okay. I think Scout, you can go down to the first floor and find that in the gift shop. So I want to thank you so much for giving me that advice. What advice. room were What room were you in, by the way? I was in 11, 11. 25. Okay. You're gonna find out if something happened in that room. I'm looking just in general while you're reading. Okay, great. So while uh, I went to Nashville to go catch a concert, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it later, but anyways, one of my girlfriends, uh, one of well, one of Chrissy's friends was like, well, Chrissy was telling him that I was experiencing this stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah. Which floor were you on? And I said the 11th. He was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the most haunted is the oh, 11th great. floor. Oh, great. Yeah. But people were saying that if you put out beer or or cocktails oh. or something out for ghosts, apparently, have you heard this? I you like an offering, like a yeah, peace an offering, offering or a like, peace okay. offering. I mean, without how much shit I laid out of that hotel, that was a fucking feast from Whole Foods. So she should have been fucking happy. <laughs> and let you, me did the you, fuck did, alone. Did you hear? Did you feel any? Any? Did you smell any cigar smell? Oh, the whole fucking brown smells like cigars. And really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it says the Brown Hotel, the 16 story Brown Hotel greets its guests with a two story high lobby. The English Renaissance Hotel is a half block from the theater district, putting guests just a short walk away from shows. The history dating to 1923, many rumors have circulated that ghostly visitors still reside in the hotel. The most reported sighting uh, is that of the ghostly image of the original hotel builder, J. Graham Brown. The owner lived in the hotel's penthouse until his 1969 death. Reports have placed him standing on the mezzanine, observing guests and employees, especially during the hotel's busiest time, the Kentucky Derby. When visions of Brown appear, he is said to leave behind a cigar smell. Mm. That's just one little... Now I feel weird if it was just a man that was in my room, like trying to make be like, wake up, <laughs> Mr. Brown. Now that feels weird. Now I'm glad I left because <laughs> I, would, 
I would have been like getting undressed very oddly. So it says, in, it says in 1923, during the roaring 20s, when the Brown Hotel was built, it was the place to be seen if you were someone in politics or society. There were 16 Ooh. floors with more than 600 guest rooms, along with ballrooms, meeting rooms, restaurants, and bars on the premises. This is hotel is pretty beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah. Owner James Graham Brown resided in the hotel on the 15th floor of the penthouse. More than $4 million was spent during the 10, wow, 10 month construction of the hotel. And the English Renaissance opulence was Derringer with crystal chandeliers, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, God, there's like pictures of like the dances during the 20s. That was like the Whoa. place to go. 1,200 people and attending in, in an evening to dance and eat there. Wow. Um, oh, this is where the hot brown was created. That's what I told you. The hot yes, brown. Yes, the hot brown. Said that Schmidt wanted to lose something different in late night. Didn't so he did a riff on the traditional ham and egg breakfast. Said he took roast turkey and bacon, served on a piece of bread, and smothered it with Monray Mornay sauce before broiling it under the bread turned crisp. And the sauce began to brown. I think I've been to that hotel before. I swear to God, just you describing the hot brown just makes me like, like just. Uh, uh. Sounds delicious. It's disgusting. And it's and also every time we would go to breakfast, they'd be like, Do you want um do you want the uh the the buffet or you want the hot brown? I'm like it's it's 8 a.m. <laughs> I don't what? I want a big old mountain of cheese. <laughs> oh oh yeah, yeah, the the hot brown is the thing. That's the ticket. Okay. But you you saw the rooms. You saw the rooms. Yes. It did not change since the 1920s. So the 15th floor is not open to guests. Yes. Um, they've reported seeing footprints appear in the dust on the floor. Mm -hmm. Guests occupy rooms under the penthouse on the 14th floor report being awakened by the sounds of heavy furniture being moved about upstairs. Elevators are known to stop randomly on the yep. 15th floor, although no one gets on or off. Others that have to cigar smoke. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, employees have spotted Brown standing on the mezzanine. Cold spots are common on the mezzanine. So he, he really comes to life during the sport Kentucky Derby. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. So there, I wanted to talk to the women that clean the rooms because apparently they know pretty much every death that has happened in that hotel. And I wanted to just see, like, I just wanted to know my history of my room because I know something is in that room. Um, but Connor, my other co-star here that, you know, Daniel. Connor and I did Stakeland together. Yeah. <laughs> He's such an awesome guy. I love him. Um, so he, he went up to the 15th. Of course room. he did. Of course he did. <laughs> he went out there. He was like, I'm just going to smoke a joint. And I was like, okay. I was like, you're going to go up to the 15th floor. But the elevator doesn't stop at the 15th floor. Like you can't get off. You have to go find the stairs somewhere and get down. So he was like, well, I didn't know that. So it freaked me out a little bit. And then I had to find the stairs. And up there is it, that whole floor is just um, storage for the hotel. Right? Yeah, oh. storage. It's just full of shit. That would be scary in scary. itself. Yeah. And dark. See, I would have gone up there, even though I'm scared of this stuff. And I'm like, bye. I would have gone up there with him. I wouldn't have smoked a joint and then gone up there, but I would have gone up there with him. I, the, 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 the amount of time that I was like being bothered by this present. Yeah, you didn't want to, you didn't want to explore anymore. Yeah. The last, I mean, maybe I should have done 
earlier on, but when that light thing happened, I, I also felt something towards my ankles on the bed and I didn't know if it was just my mind fucking with me oh, at that God. point. So I was like, Hmm, I don't think it's safe for me to go onto the 15th floor. Cause <laughs> right. something's going to like, something's going <laughs> to enter my body. Or I'm going to start talking in tongue just so I can get something out or so. I don't, I was oh just like, God. something can easily t- like stranger things. I'm, oh. I'm what's her fucking name. The redhead. I was like, it's going to enter my body. And, um, I'm not going to be able to finish this movie. <laughs> Oh my God. So when Connor and I have to talk to him about it, and if he comes on our show, we're going to have to talk to him yes. about it. When we did Stakeland together. So this is a, a shit. I don't know. Uh, 14 years ago, maybe something like that oh. a long time ago. Um, we, so we're, so the movie's about like these uh, uh, vampires are taking over um, and we have to like get to Canada to like escape, escape them. Um, and it's, it's one of my favorite movies I've ever done. But anyway, so there's just a few of us. There's like four of us that find each other that are sort of alone. I'm pregnant. And then there's Connor whose parents died. And then there's like, Mr. is like the guy that's helping us get out. And then it was another guy, Willie, that we find along the way. And so we filmed it for one week in Pennsylvania and Connor was, didn't want to stay in a hotel because we're supposed to be like, we don't have homes. Like we're lit. We're like camping. So he, he like slept in a tent outside, like on the, the producer, like on the producer and director's like property in the middle of. Oh my God, Connor. I was like, why dude, you're an actor. Like, don't you want to like, I'm staying in this beautiful little guest house. Like, come like, why do you, you don't, you know, you don't have to do that to like get in the mode, you know? And he was some people need that, man. Some it. people, some people just need that. It'd be interesting to talk to Connor about that because now that I know him and we're, we've, we've gotten very, very close on the shoot. I think he's going to join my next movie. Actually. I love him so much. I was like, I'm getting he's you a great job. I yeah. love you. Um, but anyways, he, in this movie, he has a limp, he gets injured. And so the first day he was on site, he was limping everywhere. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just getting used to it. And I was like, okay. I was like, limping in base cam, listen, limping to makeup, limping. I was like, all right. <laughs> but what do you do if you're like, okay, all these actors that are like, I'm method, I'm method, I'm method. What do you do when you're playing a heroin addict? Oh yeah, I don't know. Go I mean, dark, dark, dark place dark ass you're not gonna like try heroin (laughs) no i hope not i mean i think of like you know uh, requiem for a dream and i'm like how do they i mean you're doing a lot of research you know i mean that it was down here i have no idea but i mean i doubt it but like how do you i I don't know it's like method i would love i would love connor connor worked with jared leto so when we get him on the show i'll have to ask him some some good stuff i I remember i went and saw my one of my friends bands play and they were opening up for Jared Leto and we were backstage and I remember they just warned us they were like if you see Jared Leto you cannot look him in the eyes you're kidding no no I'm not kidding you can't look him in the eyes yeah that can't be real people don't really ask you to not look in their eyes this is a person that like was working like behind stage like everything like yeah, no, you can't, d- don't look him in the eyes. Like he what? wants his own space. Like don't acknowledge him. Don't whatever. Yeah. I never believe that shit. I'm like, people can't really ask someone not to look at them. Oh, bitch. People in the eyes. ask people to do a lot of shit. Are you kidding me? When you think you have like power or whatever, or your shit don't stink. Like it's ridiculous what people think that they can ask for. It's like baffling to me. 
I don't understand it. I don't comprehend it. I don't understand how people get away with it. But I it, don't it's either. Happens. I mean, listen, talk, speaking of Connor, like, you should, has he told you the stories about Gossip Girl? Like the shit that would happen on set of Gossip Girl? He told me some stuff. We'll have to wait. Okay. Well, let's yes. Wait. Yes. Let's wait. I let's wait. Know, teaser, I want to know the relationships. For, oh, I yeah. Know all that shit. All those hours he fucking waited for people to show know. up on set. Who did and you never fuck, Connor? Came. Who did you fuck? He was like 12. Oh, shit. Who did you watch fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Who did you know was fucking in their room? Oh my God. It was so funny. Like when we were in Broadway and stuff, like, I mean, his gossip girl was like years and years yeah. and years ago, but he does still look the same. You, you he know? looks the same. He's Gossip-y like, he's little is. like us. Like he'll never yeah. age. Yeah. He'll just always, you know, it's great. It's great for his skin. Um, but like there were so many times and I'm like drunk or whatever. And then I'll see like girls like in front of us or, or boys or whatever, have like an IMDb up and they're like Ah. literally just like scrolling through Gossip Girl like (laughs) or Revenge or something trying to figure out who it is like they're like I know you look familiar who is that and like try I mean the poor thing like got stopped all the time oh you know he loves it don't you think he loves it I don't know or maybe he's over it now well, Connor doesn't really like, um, he'll, I'm sure he'll talk about it. Um, cause we kind of talked, we had like a lot of hours in the, in the road trip. He doesn't really like, um, like that sort of attention. Cause I asked him, I was like, why don't yeah. you do cons? And he was oh, like, oh yeah. no, oh, I no. can't handle it. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Why do I Some think can't handle he would that like stuff. bring me, bring my boyfriend at the time was when I was in Kobe that we shot that. I think he was, he, we got weed from him Yeah, in New York. Hard. Cause they were like, can you bring us some weed? I think I got weed from him. I was like, is this wrong that I'm like getting weed from an 18 year old to like bring it to my, <laughs> my friend's penthouse and fucking, you know, in the village. I'm so glad we share that in Con- like Con- Connor is just yes. like beautiful soul. He is a very him. beautiful soul. All right. Let's uh, Daniel, right. do you want to talk um, dirty, sexy, sexy sex to me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me see. Okay, so by the way, I did a convention, mm-hmm. I guess it was one you were not at, I don't know, whatever the last one was, and I don't think I told us because I haven't really got a chance to talk to you, and a woman came up to me, and she was like, girl, I love your podcast, you read one of my questions, I submitted, and it totally worked, and I was like, what yes. was your question, and she was like, I, I was the one that wrote in about, I'd be lucky, she's like, I'd be lucky if I had sex four times a year from, like, you know, yeah. and then I was like, she goes, and girl, I'm getting it all the time now, she's like, I had my man listen, and I was like, you did, and she's like, yeah, he's right here, and he was like, with her, her husband, and I was like, oh, okay hi. I was like hi I'm like good for you so you're finally sticking it to your wife like congratulations you're finally getting fucked the way you need to be good for oh you I'm like god, I'm so I glad I can. And he's like rolling his eyes like oh my god I'm so embarrassed was he like, red was he like red in the face he was just mortified that his wife like wrote in that she like wanted to have more sex and he like wasn't in you know he wasn't giving it to her yeah he was like I can't believe you guys are having this conversation in front of me right now That's oh my god I love that really love what it was that. I mean could you imagine going up to like a stranger and yeah, like no. thank you for a reading celebrity? my message my husband and <laughs> my boyfriend and I are, oh my god my boyfriend and I are fucking all the time now thanks to you like I don't I mean I was like yay good for you girlfriend yeah I'm so glad oh I can god. help 
help you get. I wonder, I wonder what it was. Did she tell you like what the blockage was or, or, or no, we didn't get in. No, we didn't get into like specific details. Um, but, but I was just happy to know that she was now getting laid. And then there was somebody else that was there that I was so interested in finding out. He works at a crematory. Yeah. And I was like, tell me everything. I want to know everything. He's like, well, I don't want to bore you. I was like, no, no, no. no I'm no. so interested. Like, this is way more fascinating than me talking to you about movies. Like, I want to know, yeah. like, did you know, have I told you, have we talked about this before? Did mm-hmm. you know that you can ask to view the body while it's going in to be cremated? Yeah. yeah. I know that. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Why would you ever want to watch your loved one going into an oven? I think it's a lot of people that like, don't want to, you know, have a hard time letting go. You know, they just want to be there with them every step of the way, you know, like, I mean, I'm very like (laughs) clingy or whatever, or or scared. I could imagine, you know, like maybe I would do that with a partner, I guess. I probably would have. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. It's but like, isn't that going to be the image that's in your head every time you think of them? The last image is them going into a burning oven. Yeah, I think so. I think so, <laughs> but I don't think you're thinking of that. I think you're just like I, you know, like this person didn't want to die. Like obviously nobody wants to die, but like being with them, like I'm not going to leave your side. You oh know? Oh my god! Like I, would, I mean, oh my god! I don't want anyone to see me go into the fire. Yeah, no, I, that's the one thing that I couldn't handle is watching. Like, I, I think the first or second time that I saw that, I was like, uh, I, I mean, he's, I can he's watch people get had like, like he's had like children he's had to cremate. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I just, yeah. And he was just telling me like how the different coffins burn differently and like yeah. what the best coffins to, I was like, well, I never understood how the body spend right. so much money. Yeah. The, well, the see, the coffin is really good because like it'll keep the body down. But if you if someone like is not just getting cremated and just put into the bodies tend to ri- rise up. Wait, wait, when they, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you go back and repeat that? Your body, your body rises up when you're going to into the oven. Yeah. It can tend to do that. Yes. Wait. Like, so, so if you're not in a coffin and you're just put on a slab because it starts at the toes, I'm assuming, right? You're not going to yes. put the head in first. I mean, maybe, but probably I don't not, know the right? physics. I don't know what it is. I'm sure my dad can, my, we'll have to ask my dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's very known that the body will pop up during cremation if it's not, you know, <laughs> strapped down. And I don't think they strap bodies down. No, for um, what? It's dead. So, yeah. Well, for my guess, popping up. I don't know. Um, okay, let's see. Um, wait, 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 wait. I still have to get this. So I'm imagining like, like something out of a, it's it's like a cartoon. It's like one of those like where like it's down and then all of a sudden right before like it's burning from like it starts the fire starts on the feet and then gets to the knees and all of a sudden the like the corpse just sits like bing like straight up and like hits its head on the outside of like, the oven I don't door. like like fully up, but like they tend to let you know. Yeah, like oh god you know, burning kind of, I mean, you see a paper, what does the paper do? It curls, you know? Yeah, but they've got bones, like laying the skin down. It just burns the well, skin I just off, remember right? when I saw a body fucking go up and that was my last time. I was like, and I'm 
done. Does body sit up during cremation? Yes, this can happen. Due oh, to the it. heat and the muscle tissue, the body can move as the body is broken down. Although this does happen inside the coffin, it won't be visible. Oh, I didn't know that. So they're just like dancing before you turn into dust. I'm fucking mortified right now. <laughs> I we gotta have cut no this idea. episode short, guys. We got to cut this episode short, Danielle. I, I just had no idea. I just had no idea, Scout. That's horrific. Yeah. Okay, we've talked a lot of a lot about a lot of random shit. Um, should I read a question? Yes, read a question. Okay, you're like, please stop talking. We're um, at 40, so, by the way. We're at 40. 40 minutes. Oh my god. Okay, so we're just gonna do I'm just gonna do one question. We've, Go we, this has it. been a very informative episode for me. <laughs> um, I remember I said I wasn't having nightmares in my new house. Yeah, well, that's just yeah. gonna change tonight. <laughs> um so this is a sex. Wait, hold on. Maybe I won't do this one. Sexy, let me just do sexy. Let me just see. Okay, here, yep. let's do this one. Okay. <laughs> um, this guy wants to remain anonymous. So hi, ladies, like to remain anonymous. Please, my wife and I met on an online dating site where we only texted for several months before finally meeting up. She asked me for selfies all the time, but I wasn't really into it. She would send me some, but they were always classy. It wasn't until after we met and dated for a while that she sent me nude photos of herself and asked that I send some. Again, I wasn't really into it. It never really became a problem. And to this day, neither of us really send racy photos and she would never allow me to film anything in the bedroom. With you guys being famous, have you ever been hesitant to send nudes to your partners? I look forward to the podcast every week and would love it if you had Rob and Sherry on. Yeah, that's pro- Sherry's probably not gonna happen, but maybe Rob. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk about their long relationship working together versus being married. Uh, so I'll take this question. Um, no, I have only filmed because I have tattoos. So mm-hmm. I have not sent, I've sent pictures of my boobs to David, um, but that's the extent of it. Only because I am worried if anything ever got out that I would be identified by the gigantic tattoo that I have on my body. So it's not mm-hmm. like I could be like anonymous, but I do have to tell you that when we had Carter or when we did IVF, I don't know if I shared the story with you. I, so David had to, I'm under, I'm having surgery. They have to remove the eggs. Oh my God. Um, and while I'm under anesthesia and the eggs are coming out, David has to be at the same exact time in a little room doing okay. his business. And yeah. then they, they take the sperm and they wash it and then they put it into the egg. And it's like, that's how, that's how it happens in the dish. But I really, really wanted our baby to be conceived in love. And of course we couldn't do it that way. It had to be done in this sterile environment. So the only time that I've ever videoed ourselves having sex with one another was this one time. And then I made him take that video into the little Mm -hmm. room with him to watch because I wanted him to get off watching us and not get off watching some other chick blow some guy and then have that sperm be what makes our baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. You shared this before. You've shared this before. I did. Oh my God. It's all becoming, it's all becoming one scout. No, that's great though. That I think that's, I think that's super smart. I feel like if I, if I have to do that, I probably would do the same thing for sure. I, I, you know, it's, it's still really hard for me to comprehend um, a partner of mine watching porn yeah I guess it's like very very hard for me to like I I don't I don't know I'm still like very oh like like in general or yeah 
Yeah, I, I'm. I that's something that I I have to get over and work on. You just um, have I, to start watching it together, and you pick the porn, and then it I think won't be I would so be, weird. I think that there's still some like underlining like insecurity stuff, trauma, my past relationships that mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be super comfy watching porn with Tom. And like you think, because you would would you your insecurities about him being attracted or seeing another woman, like yeah, and then my body stuff, you know. So I think, I mean. I, and I don't know, I mean, ladies, if you're out there and you feel that you're not alone, because that's kind of like something that I, I feel, but I definitely know that it's something that I need to get over because I think it's very, very healthy in a relationship to be able to um, know that the partner is pleasing themselves, whatever way, watching something or not, and not get like insecure or, or weirded out by it. Um, I think it would only make your relationship stronger. Yeah, and you can look at like like what did what did Howie Mandel say about Heidi Klum? You could look at the men yeah. you just don't order. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and I guess women are better at that than men are. Yes, at least we're not going well, to fucking hurt you. A, no, it's like an emotional thing for us too. It's not, you know. Yeah, so that's that's it's not thing. like it's not like you ever cheat because you need to feel new dick. Yeah, like exactly. I think men cheat because they're tired of the same vagina. Yeah. See, so that's like hard. I think that's, that's like really like, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. That's absolutely a hundred percent right. I wonder what everybody else thinks if you guys are And listening. I've been cheated on like almost every one of my yeah. relationships. So, so I think yeah. that's like, it's, it's a fucking, it's a cycle. It's a thing. I think you'll grow. I think you'll, you'll grow out of that. For sure. And especially with Tom, I think that's like, yeah. like and once you, safe, once you're together sure. and you have kids, you're going to be like, bitch, I've had your fucking kids. Or, I'm like, you do, if you're going to do me wrong, you're going to do your, bye. like you're, you know, like we're all good. <laughs> you're not going to worry about that kind of stuff. You'll see. You'll I am, see. I am very interested guys though. But if you are out there, um, if there's any women out there, are you guys comfortable with your man watching porn without or you or your woman watching porn or your woman you? watching porn without you and women um i guess men out there as well are you comfortable with your women watching porn without you i also am curious if like my my best girlfriend she only watches uh guy like guy on guy porn i only watch girl on girl really i do too i mean i'll sometimes watch watch guy and girl but i wonder I wonder for like lesbian couples, do they watch heterosexual porn? And for gay couples, like, do you guys watch straight porn the way we watch gay porn? I've never asked anybody. Have you ever oh, asked sure. any of your gay friends if they watch straight porn? Uh, no, I haven't, but I will. But I'm sure it's like, like you know, straight people. I, I mean, I watch both, both. I mean, I tend to watch lesbian porn more than, than, than guys. Just, um, just because I just but I mean, don't I think guess anything beautiful is about a dick. Right. I don't think sure I, they can't, do. I can't see like gay guys watching lesbian porn. Like, I don't know if they would find a vagina arousing. And I don't know if vice oh, versa. Yeah, like lesbian would find the dick arousing enough to like want to be turned on by penetrate, seeing penetration. Or they would just be focused on the girl. So maybe yeah. not for gay mm. men. I mean, there's nothing, if it's two women, there's nothing for them, but no. maybe for, a, um, you know, a guy and a girl. Are, yeah, yeah. Girls. Maybe it's a little bit different. They can have, just it's so funny. We really need, can you ask Dylan or like, I was like, just going to say like, we really yeah. need more gay friends. Like, so I can I'll ask, Dylan. you know, I'll have I mean, Dylan come on. <laughs> 
that'd be amazing. Dylan's just, selling his Pokemon cards right now and making millions. Okay. Oh my God. I'm like, damn. Cards. Um, okay. So that's, so that's our, um, that's our, do we even, yeah. yeah. Oh, also somebody so wanted to it. know about, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do a, a, um, a 911 call. Oh God, and then okay. we'll move into the true crime. Scout talk 911 to me. Okay. I'll talk 911. God, way to right. fucking put a downer on this. Yeah, podcast. sorry. This one's <laughs> interesting. This one's like kind of like in the middle of the 911 okay. call. Okay. So we can kind of like figure out what's going on. <gasps> you have a new phone case, you bitch. I've got a big shotgun. I'm not going into a tiny bathroom. Is he still banging? No, he's not banging, but he's walking around the house trying to find a way in. Oh, crap. He's at the back. Okay. County 13 is advising that you can defend your property if you need to. I don't want to have to kill this man, but I'll kill him because he's a dead man. I understand. All right. You just stay on the line with me until you hear, until we know what county officer's on scene. No, I will. <gasps> Turned off all the lights in him. Oh, crap. He's breaking in. He's breaking in now. He's breaking in now. He's breaking his gun on him. Just, just, just breaking the window. I'm going to kill him. He's walking across back and forth on the porch. He looks to be an older man. I don't want to kill him. I understand, man. He's kicking the door. Please hurry. Hurry. Please hurry. He's going to make it in. Please hurry, man. Okay, I'm trying to find out where they're at. He's kicking the door. Okay, they're, they're on their way. They're getting shrouded and route, too. Please hurry. Okay, stay with me. I think he's drunk. He doesn't know where his pickup's at. God, I don't want to kill this. Okay, okay, I understand. Oh, dear God, man. Just, just, just try to, I know it's hard to stay calm, man. Just keep on the phone with me. I can't just gotta keep on the phone, darling. It's that big shotgun. It'll break my arm. As soon as you tell me they're here, I'm not putting the safety back on this sucker. They need to hurry. He's gonna break this thing open. And, and he does. I have to kill him now. I don't want to kill him. I understand them. You have to protect yourself. I will. He keeps yelling, Pat. Oh, he's getting ready to break the window. Okay. He sounds drunk. Did you hear that? I can hear him yell and I can't hear what he's saying. Oh my God. I'm trying to stay away from the window. About to lock yourself in a room? I've got a big shotgun. I'm not going into a tiny bag. Okay. He's still banging? No, he's not banging. Thoughts on. So I get like, okay, I get an intruder. And I get like, it's your property defending yourself. I a hundred percent get that. Um, I do feel like there are steps that you can take. Um, like this woman didn't at all respond to this drunk man. That's obviously so drunk and he thinks he's getting going into. So that was what was found out that he thought he was, he thought going, he was going into someone else's house. Yeah. And he was trying to get in and he was so drunk and he was looking for his mom, Pat. And um, she didn't at all like say to him, this is the wrong house. Like Pat is not here. I'm on the phone with the mm-hmm. cops. They are going to come. I have a gun. I will shoot you. She didn't at all like warn this man. And she ended up shooting him, killing him. And I get it defending your house. I mean, I would fucking be there with a gun or a knife, like waiting as well. And then I, I, I just, I guess I think with m- me and if he came into my house, um, 
I don't think I would just go shoot him in the chest. You know, it's a drunk man. He doesn't have weapons. He doesn't have anything. He's just trying to get into the house. And I've already noticed that, you know, the intoxication and all this stuff. I feel like I would just like shoot him like in the leg or something. No, let me tell you something. If you're going to, if you're going to shoot someone, you're shooting someone to kill someone. You're not going to shoot them in the leg or the arm. That's like a total fantasy because it's going to happen. I just don't think I could shoot. I I could shoot someone to kill them. Like knowing that the cops are on their way and knowing that this guy is drunk and that he doesn't realize he's going to the wrong house. Like then, then, then you can't be a gun owner. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like I, you, I, I, you, that, that, I'm not a gun owner because no, I'm, like, I'm like, I will never. You can't I, I because you're going to you're going to aim and, you know, the guns I the gun I have is it will blow a hole through. It's a shotgun like it's because the reason why I have it is because I just have to aim in that direction. Yeah. I don't need yeah. to be close. I don't need and to be spot on. And that's I mean, it. It's like, you yeah. don't want to do it. But when, when, you know, the thing is you're going to, you, you aim and you miss and then the, and then you're dead. That's yeah. it. They grab the gun, turns on you and bye-bye. Or they go, you know, yeah. like you just don't know what's going to happen with someone that's unpredictable, whether they be in the wrong house or not. If the person's that drunk, like you just don't know true. because it it's could not be true. a person that's drunk. It could be a person that's mentally on fucking crystal meth and comes mm-hmm. into your house and thinks that you're a devil and decides he needs to cut open your fucking, your stomach and pull out your, you know, your ovaries in order to save himself. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you just, don't, you just don't know. You don't know what I think I'm still like are. a little, like little 20 year old who's like, no one, they're not going to hurt me. They're just really drunk. They just don't want to be like, okay. No. Sir. Like you can't, I'm like, I guess I, I need that like bone in my body. That's like, protect myself. Don't let people fuck with me. I mean, first, like I don't have that fucking bone yet. I would have locked for me in that situation. I would have like in my old house, the one I had in studio city, I had a padlock on my closet door in my bedroom from the inside. So Mm. I could lock myself that's where my gun safe was. I could lock myself in the closet, in the master, if someone had broken in and I would be in there and able to use my phone and I have the gun. So they can't get in unless they're busting the door in. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I was taking steps to avoid having to do something like that. But like I said, if you're, if, if you're going to pull a gun out, that's the only reason you should have a gun and going to pull it out is yeah. if you are intending to kill somebody. Otherwise you do not own a gun. You do not have a gun. Yeah. That's that's it. smart. That is smart. This is why I don't own a gun. Do not own I mean, I've, I've gone to the, I've gone to the shooting range once in my life. Oh my God. Once. You should, t- but you gotta be, you gotta be properly trained and, and be educated. Yeah. And Ugh. you know, it, it, there's a lot of stuff, responsibility that comes along with being a, you know, responsible gun owner. And you've, you've, I mean, listen, there's, I've, I've been trying to take um, classes. Like there's like all this, I'll, I'll talk to you about it off air, but there's a lot of, of different um, uh, companies that offer like pretty extensive training, like real proper training, like, you know, mm-hmm. days and days and days and days and days of, of it. I'll send you a video of some pretty cool shit. Um, okay. I love and then, and then, you know, then you're confident and comfortable with it. And then you make your decision based on that. If anything, you should just know how to handle one, just God yeah. forbid you ever got yourself in a situation to not be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, be educated and responsible. And I think it would be, you'd feel a little bit differently or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would be interested to see. I, Cause I know a lot of my friends do own weapons and I'm just like, I've never been that person. That's like, I, 
if I had one, I don't think I would, you know, one of my friends, like, um, like maybe like 10 years ago, she felt very strange because her friend had just committed suicide and she was feeling really depressed. And she was just like, I just want to put, give you this gun, put it in your trunk. Cause I'm just like feeling weird. Like, are you comfortable with that? And I said, yes, quickly. And then when I had it in, in my possession for like six months, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want that thing in the back of my fucking trunk anymore. Like I, you know, I'm just like not there with weapons. Yet. Yeah. No. Um, I would definitely like to have more knowledge on it. Speaking All right. Do you want weapons, to take here? Oh, weapons. Story. Um, so someone, so I don't remember the name of the, of the gentleman that gave me the story, but it was at a one, I think it was at the, um, one of the cons that we were at and thought that he just printed this out and gave it to me. And I thought it was interesting. And I haven't even actually, I didn't want to read the ending because I didn't want to spoil it. Um, okay. So I'm just going to read you. Um, but I love you guys. I love when you guys tip us off on these, these killers yeah. that we don't know of. Cause you know, when you search the internet, it's like all the same shit comes up. So I like to find out about yes. the local stuff that you guys really know about. So, and this is, Uh, Inside the chilling crimes of John Jubert, the Eagle Scout who became a serial killer. Known as the Woodford Slasher, John Joseph Jubert. Hold on, I was just about to cover my thing. I know, Uh, I was like, what are you doing? John Joseph Jubert IV was 16 when he stabbed a pencil into a six-year-old girl before going on to murder at least three young boys. Seeing his own father attempt to strangle his mother, serial killer John Jubert had a difficult childhood. He would spend the rest of his life determined to inflict that pain on others. As divorce fractured his family and he moved from one school or state to another, Jubert was always the new kid and an outcast, desperate for connection. Jubert's time in the Boy Scouts was accompanied by feelings of inferiority, low self-esteem, and before long, he not only began pondering sexual assaults and hurting the helpless, but began stabbing innocent children and soon graduated to murder. This is the disturbing story of John Jubert. Jesus. On, yes, on July 2nd, 1963 in Lawrence, Massachusetts, John Joseph Jubert IV had an intelligent mind, but was plagued by formative trauma in his youth. He was six years old when his parents divorced he moved to Portland, Maine with his mother with an IQ of 123. He spent the time pondering murder and cannibalism. Wow. When he wasn't fantasizing about choking his babysitter to death and eating her flesh, he worked as a paper boy and joined the Boy Scouts. He was 16 years old when he stabbed a six-year-old girl with a pencil. Jubert felt sexual gratification from the act, which he repeated on others throughout Portland. I don't get that. I don't get what sexual. Like even me just putting this pen down like this, I don't get any sexual like vibes. Thank God. Like actually, wait, wait, wait. But anyone watching that video when you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, baby, yeah, stabbing. I mean, go to Patreon to watch the video. Watch the video. Scout jerking off a pen. Um, uh, okay, so it's a popular jogging trail. Juber tried to take the boy's clothes off before stabbing, strangling, and biting him. After graduating at Chevros High School, Jubert moved to Bellevue, Nebraska. It was September 18, 1983, when residents of Bellevue complained that their Sunday Omaha World Herald failed to appear on their doorsteps, while 13-year-old Danny Joe Eberly Eberly, yeah, had certainly woken up early for his job as a local paperboy. He vanished after delivering only three along his route. 
Within hours, his father, Leonard, found his son's abandoned bicycle and the remaining 67 papers. Within three days, police found Everly's corpse. With wrists and ankles bound by rope, he was dumped in the woods. His body showed no signs of sexual assault, but held eight stab wounds, as well as a hu- as human bite marks. Jesus. Yes. Um, oh, human bite marks. Let me see. This is kind of just all over the place. Um, a local bank announced a $40,000 reward for information leading to the killer's arrest, while FBI profiler Robert Ressler post- posited that he was likely white, young, and sexually fluid. That's weird. Weird. What does that mean? So he gets caught. John Jubert had found gainful employment as an Air Force radar technician at the out, uh, off-foot Air Force base. He was unaware that FBI was searching for him since the person who murdered Eberly had also abducted him before doing so, making it a federal crime. On December 2nd, 12-year-old Christopher Paul Walden disappeared while walking to school. The son of an Air Force officer, he was found three days later by hunters. His throat had been slashed and his body was horrifically mutilated. The thing we all dreaded has occurred said FBI spokesman Chuck Wiley. We have witnesses from the morning of the abduction. They say it occurred in a street while he was going to school. One of the witnesses said the suspect may have had something in his hand. Hmm. Um, on January 11th, 1984, Bellevue Daycare Center operator saw a suspicious man in a car near the school. Taking down his license plate number, she provided FBI police, F- the police and the FBI with precisely the kind of lead they needed. It appeared the vehicle was a rental and traced one traced to one John Jubert. He not only matched the FBI's preliminary profile of a white single male, but resembled the composite sketches drawn from witness accounts. When authorities searched his barracks, they found a hunting knife and the same rope used to bind Everly collected as evidence. The rope was determined by the FBI to have been made in South Korea by, for US military. Jubert was arrested and taken into questioning, confessing to the murders of Everly and Walden. When asked if he would kill again, Jubert stated quite plainly that he was grateful to have been caught and he, was un- and he undoubtedly would have. That's, quote, that's my big worry, said Jubert, quote, it's scaring me quite a bit, yes. Charged with two counts of first-degree murder on January 12th, 1984, he pleaded not guilty before changing his mind. Despite multiple evaluations suggesting Jubert was obsessive-compulsive and suffered from a a schizoid personality disorder, the laws determined that he was in his right mind while committing these crimes. Jubert was given a life sentence in Maine for the Stetson murder and sentenced to death in Nebraska for the others. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, he was executed actually via the electric chair at 12:29 a.m. on July 17, 1996. I'll show you what he looks like. Yeah, I want to see a picture of this guy. He's a little boy. Oh yeah, that that's insane. That oh my, you know who he looks like? He looks like an actor. Who does he look like? He looks like an actor from Shameless. Oh. Um, he looks kind of like, um, oh, or is shit. it from 13 Reasons Why? Ugh. I don't know. He looks like a, he, he looks, looks like, an, like actor. an actor. He looks like he an actor. Little. He was so it says here he was 21 when he was arrested. He's born October 9th, 1984. Uh, he's five feet six inches and weighs 140 pounds. God, man, a little nothing. And it's interesting that he like went for like young boys, you know. Well, he stabbed that little girl in her fucking eyeball. Yeah. That is insane, man. That's just like the over, like it's, it's power. It's power over something smaller than you. Again, where, what, where are these parents? Like, well, he was fucking, the the dad was beating the fucking mom. That's what he was seeing at home. Yeah. He's seeing that abuse and like, whatever is like, okay. And, and, and. 
I mean, but there's, so do you, there's but more again, to that. We always talk about this. Like, is it start? I mean, is it, is it, is it mental? Like obviously his father was not well. And I think his mother that was not and well with, from taking it, you know? Yeah. And then I think mentally as well, I think it was a mixture of everything. But like, if you, if you see, like, I mean, we have to talk about this. If you see that sort of fucking behavior in your kid, <laughs> like, I think you've got to like open your eyes a bit and know that your kid needs help. Okay. So, so do I need to get help for Jagger? Because he literally is all about, I'm going to kill you. Like he's doing that. <laughs> you also do horror movies and like, and like you bring it to horror conventions and like, it's like, it's like, it's like, um, spider's daughter, like loves, um, she, she doesn't love princesses. She loves all the fucking horror movies, like, like Jason and Freddie. And those are her dolls. And I'm like, that was me with GI Joes. I didn't, you know, right, right. tomboy. So like, it's like, I wonder why Jagger says that. Cause mommy says that on TV. He also says he's going to put me outside for the wolves. Ooh, that's a new one. Yeah. I, put you outside for the I think wolves. if Jagger starts like, you know, like <laughs> hurting Carter, like he like, does poking him. Really? He does. Yeah. He, he beats the shit out of him, but Carter, now Carter tries to strangle Jagger like for real. Oh so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe we don't show mommy's movies to the boys anymore. Not quite yet. Right. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Maybe we got to wait a little bit more to, longer. They're only three and five. They're just trying to yeah. kill each other. That's what siblings yeah. do. Right. Yeah. Literally. Right. Right. Wait, do I have right, buttons? Right? You got buttons? Wait, I don't have, but wait, hold on. I don't think it's you have buttons on our thing. I do. I have it on the Zoom. Hold on, but you can't you hear it. Hold on. Oh, that's clapping. No. <laughs> Danielle trying okay. to use technology over there. Hey, we have our opener though. Yeah. So we have our opener at the at the end now. Hilarious. Oh, you like yeah, guys. If, I do like it. <laughs> Click everybody, click it. Um, if you yes. guys, if you guys want to create a jingle for us, we need a new jingle. We're tired we of the jingle. Other, old jingle. We need a new jingle to dance to. Scout needs to do the robot. I do need to do the robot. And then send in your questions. Also Please. send in your stories, your sex yes. stories, your love stories. Any sort of you don't have to ask a question. Anything interesting to read on air? We love all the stories as yeah. well. Thank you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and like and tell all your friends. So we've got our merch. Mm -hmm. And I, by the time this airs, I believe we will be in Houston. Yes. Yes. Coming Houston. up to it or just after live. Talk scary to me live, bitches. Yes. And there's still some tickets available, guys. So if you guys want to come to that live show, it's going to be a oh fucking blast. I can't wait. I'm going to be, I'm going to be buzzed for sure. I'm ordering <laughs> us some naughty laundry to wear on stage. What? <laughs> oh yeah scout <laughs> wait i'm not in shape for that right now <laughs> hilarious i'll wear okay. some jeans all right guys love you guys bye, bye. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.
Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories if you're brave enough. (laughs) 